0: Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Uh, happy Almost Friday! Uh, by the time you listen to this, it will be Friday. Uh, with me or as. Beyond. Or beyond, yes. Um, the man on the other microphone there is my my co-host Jacob Trowbridge. How are you doing this evening, sir?
1: That was me, uh, and I'm I'm doing extraordinarily well. I'm trying not to lose my my GD mind uh, with all of this self isolation. How about yourself? What are you doing to keep yourself keep your mind active during these times?
0: Well, I am an essential employee, so I I keep going into work right now. Um, and I did finger quotes good. there as essential employee, um, so my days haven't changed a whole lot, other than the fact that I can't go out to the bars at all, which is kind of a bummer. But thank God, in Wisconsin here, liquor stores have been considered essential, so they are not closed, and I can get liquor at any time.
1: And imagine how much money we're ultimately saving by like this—just just a month off from the bars. Let's be honest, it's a significant bit. I could buy a new couch after this month, probably, with the amount that I've saved for purchasing my beers at a liquor store as opposed to out at the bars. So we got that going for
0: us. Absolutely.
1: Speaking of, what are you drinking not from the bar currently?
0: So I picked up from the end of the street. Um, I'm so lucky to have a liquor store. We are so happy and lucky to have a liquor store literally right at the end of our street here. Uh, So I I stopped down there the other day, and I picked up uh, from Maplewood Brewing Company out of Chicago. Maplewood? That's right. So this is called Charlatan. This is an American pale ale. Okay, interesting. Yes.
1: What's what's the ABV on
0: that bad boy? What are we working with? It is um, 6.1%.
1: That's a nice, strong pale ale. I like that.
0: Yes. What are you drinking?
1: I am working with another Giant Jones beverage here. Um, I talked about it last week, but I love this place. They're a very, very small, independent brewery here in town. Uh, important to go out and get some of their beers because I want them to stay honest with me after all this. Said and done. So I, but I switched up the varieties, so this week I'm doing a dark Weissenbach. Which is ringing in at a at a savory 8.8 percent ABV. Um, again, they do exclusively big beers, uh, big ABV beers, and this one's no different.
0: Nice. So, have you tasted your beer yet? What do you think?
1: I well, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll launch into mine here right away. I'm saying it is uh, it's a nice medium. It's a nice ambery color there, but it tastes so sweet. Um, that I I've had this before. Spoiler alert! But I was a little nervous that it was so sweet that I wouldn't be able to drink too many of them. That's not an issue. That is actually not an <laughs> issue with this. The sweetness almost goes away the more that you drink it,
0: which is kind of interesting. Nice. Yeah.
1: How's it? How's how's Flavor Town over in your area?
0: Oh, it is delicious. Um, it's it's basically your typical uh, pale ale. Um, not overly hoppy, but definitely has that little hop bite to it. Uh, it's very crystal clear, very yellow. That, it's, it's what you'd expect from a good, just Midwestern pale ale. I have no complaints right. about it. So it is delicious.
1: Hardy and smells of, of corn remnants. Uh, does it smell like Kevin Costner?
0: It might. I've never smelt Kevin Costner, so maybe.
1: When I, well, that's a bucket list item then. I've and never I think Midwest, I think of Kevin Costner, even though I'm positive that he doesn't live anywhere near the Midwest, but I always think of of him regardless.
0: He was at the field of dreams.
1: he is the field of dreams
0: well, this is true
1: our, um, ooh, in, in in preparation for our favorite section here, our favorite segment, I want to ask, do you think at that Kevin Costner would ever make a drunk trade and do you think it would work out well for him?
0: Um I think he probably did, wasn't he in the movie Draft Day? Oh shit, do you
1: think his uh, what's that guy's name and it's like him or nobody or what's that
0: note? I've never s I've never seen it, so I just I just know he was oh. in it. So um yeah, I think maybe he was drunk in one of the, the scenes and, and made a drunk trade in the movie.
1: You know what, his actual draft of that movie is pretty much garbage, so I would
0: believe that he was pretty liquored up, or his character was pretty liquored up. That. That's great. But now we
2: can get in in earnest. Let's talk about our... Drunk, 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 drunk,
0: drunk, 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 drunk. Drunk Trade of the Week. So this comes from a new friend of the podcast, uh, John... Batagelino. Sorry, John, if I uh, butchered your name there. My Clearly apologies.
1: incredible friend of the podcast. No. I can't pronounce his last name.
0: I said, Didn't I say new and not incredible? I don't know. Well,
1: yeah, I said new, but you said friend, and I feel like friend. You have to know how to pronounce a friend's last name.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I'm the worst. So, his drunk <laughs> trade. Um, so, he... Traded for Steve Smith Sr. and gave up Michael Thomas his rookie year in a keeper league. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. John. And in a keeper, you know, that was probably, you probably got Michael Thomas later in your draft. So, you know, for a keeper league, you you didn't have to give up a lot of draft capital to keep him, which would be nice. Oh, that one hurts. <laughs>
1: there's that. But there's also the fact he just gave up the best receiver in the league. But to be fair, like I look at it this way. We talk about this all the time. I tend not to like rookie wide receivers because it Correct. takes longer to develop. Correct. Typically, Michael Thomas obviously was not that. He he got assaulted with with targets immediately. Um, I, he had what almost 1,200 yards even in his rookie
0: something like that yeah
1: and a whole bunch of just in general really smart uh i know what i would rate this on our various scale
0: oh is it is uh, is it is it a um 0 to 1 sake bombs that's our rating skip
1: no sake bombs is so last week i'm gonna i'm gonna put this in perspective of 30 packs of natty light okay so on a scale of one to ten thirty packs i would put this a solid five okay so you've been peeing all night you're frantic uh you're you're absorbing as much as your spit mouth and this comes across your your desk as it were and you just go sure yeah let's do that whatever i like steve and that's as much as you thought
0: I will be right there with you on that, uh, rating.
1: We we agree. Hooray. Look at us. On the horrific drunk level of this, that sucks. But again, like, (laughs) if I'm in his shoes, I can't say that I wouldn't have made that trade. Depending on when. Like, if he made it prior to the season, you know, I I don't know. I might have honestly, I could see myself in those shoes.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um,. We're going to be getting into the meat of our episode here shortly. Uh, We have a very special guest uh, joining us here. um, And we are... So
1: special. We bared the lead on this one, man. I know. We have a special guest. Our first ever, uh, let's say, first ever non-lead mate uh, from our initial redraft league. Correct. (laughs) On as a guest.
0: That's right. I'm going to say our first real guest. Yes. So um, we are starting our... um, Divisional breakdown series. We're going to sprinkle these in throughout the off season here, uh, as guests are available and um, want to talk about this. So um, we're starting the, with the NFC West this week, and I know it's a little early. Some of you are probably sitting there, whoa, whoa, whoa! The draft hasn't even happened yet. We don't know where these rookies are landing. Well, that'll be part of the discussion and part of the fun here. So, uh, so we will be right back shortly, and uh, with our special guest
1: all right so we have uh as already highlighted a little earlier we have a special guest on today our first ever i'm going to say legitimate guest and john helm camp john we are so psyched that you're here on dtff
0: yes welcome thank to the show
1: you for having me man thank you so much absolutely so what we expect and I think what everybody okay. should expect at this point is when you have a guest on They get to talk about themselves just a little bit at the start. I want you to promote Shamelessly plug yourself. What are you doing? What are you
3: writing? What do you want to say? Yeah, so uh, John Helmkamp on Twitter at Dynasty beard um, I was shocked that that handle was available by the way um, I can't believe no one else would claim that so I will gladly um i'm one of the co-hosts of the red shirts fantasy football podcast you can find us everywhere that you can find digital content ever um yeah so i'm a co-host for their podcast i do articles on their website we do rankings over there as well uh really gearing up like everyone for the nfl draft three weeks from tonight the draft gets going so we're all just in a uh, full-on gear up mode and ready to actually place these rookies on some real teams instead of just speculation
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. The speculation
3: has been fun, but I think we can all
1: agree that we need a little bit of new life into this discussion. There's only so much that you can rehash and uh, prospect before the good (laughs) happens. So uh, I'm excited. Do we we all agree that the raft is – it doesn't matter if it's done digitally, that we're all just going to be cramming our faces in front of it for as long as possible because it's football content?
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I'll I'll definitely be doing that. I will say that I was trying to get to Vegas for the actual draft because I'm in Arizona. It's only a five-hour drive. Um, So I am bummed that the first time that I was ever going to make it to an actual draft is the year that they had to cancel it. But, oh, yeah, I'll still be glued to probably three screens at once during the draft and diving into every fit and roster spot and all that as it's happening. So. I'm I'm thrilled for real roster moves to happen soon. You'll be there in spirit. You know, <laughs> you'll be there and it will be in
1: your heart, which I think is the two most important parts about this draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. All right, but yes, so we're talking NFC West. Um Dustin, I think it's fair that we allow the guests to kick things off with the true homers corner. Perspective in uh, this case mm-hmm. would be against our dreaded rivals, one time rivals, the Seattle Seahawks.
3: Yes, yes, die hard. Uh, born and raised in Portland, Oregon, four hours south of Seattle. Uh, Portland obviously doesn't have a team. So in Portland, you're either a Niners fan or a Seahawks fan. Like that's probably 80% of football fans are one of those two. So I grew up a Seahawks fan, always have been. Um, if it wasn't for having Russell Wilson, this would probably be a four-win team, and Pete Carroll would have been fired by now. But uh, Russell Wilson, you can't count them out as long as he's under center and scrambling for his life. Um, he's got talent. I, he does have that talent down. <laughs> he's the perfect fit for that backfield. If they had an immobile quarterback that had to stand back there and throw, oh, my gosh, um, it, would be, it would be messy. So, luckily, we have the wizard, uh, Russell Wilson himself. Like um, i will say that, oh yeah absolutely I, I will say that um yes i'm a homer but yes i am very optimistic about this team um dk metcalf came on just surging last year i love looking at him in a second year uh really really dirt cheap signing philip dorsett uh, speedy take the top off the defense wide receiver i like that gives lockett and metcalf some extra room to maneuver greg olson i think they probably signed him to be more of a tight ends coach than anything but i'll take it um so it's it's good the nfc west man is probably probably the best division in football right now or at least the most exciting and talked about with everything going on san francisco making it Mm -hmm. to the super bowl the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, his second year, now gets DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of moldy potatoes. Um,
1: it's, hey, he it, has a name, and it's David
3: Johnson. <laughs> Man, I can't believe they, they pulled that off. Bill O'Brien, what are you doing? Um, but, yeah, so the NFC West is going to be fascinating this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think as long as, like I said, as long as Russell Wilson's there, you can't count out the Seahawks. But they uh, definitely have some work to do in the draft.
1: That's interesting because not as if they've gone hog wild in free agency, but I don't right. know if they ever really do. It never seems like Seattle for whatever reason. I don't know. Am I missing something? It seems like they never really go big in free agency. They're more of the draft
3: uh, type. Is that fair? Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, John Schneider really trusts his ability to maneuver a draft. Um, they trade out of the first, it seems like, every other year. Um they always go back to getting more picks and then turn fourth-round picks into starters while missing on the second-round pick. I, I don't know how they manage to do that every freaking year. Um, but he just trusts his ability to, uh, to draft really well. Um, you know, he does go out every once in a while and makes a big splash, but it is not often. Um, I mean, you see what the Dolphins did. They signed, like, an entire new secondary um, in free agency. That's just not what Seattle does. They might go get one here and there, That's about it. I mean, it's
1: worked. Like, let's be honest, it's worked. We hate to admit that over here. Um, Although I don't know if we hate to admit it as much as as in previous years because, again, the Packers-Seahawks rivalry, it's kind of fizzled a little bit. So I think (laughs) – I don't know, Dustin, am I speaking out of turn? I think we can be a little bit more level-headed about it now.
0: Uh, A little bit. I mean, let's be honest. They've – haven't been quite as dominant as in uh, previous years. Um, so that that takes that sting away a little bit from us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only a little. Only a little. We still we still talk about the
3: fail Mary and the NFC championship game and
2: that championship the
3: game. That mm-hmm. NFC championship game is probably the craziest game I've ever seen. I'm you sorry that it didn't go your way, but like <laughs> from a peer from a peer like absolute absurd football game standpoint as an unbiased uh fan that is one of the like craziest football games that's happened in the last decade that, if
1: i that were an nice. unbiased fan which of course i'm not but if i
3: were what? i right. imagine it would
1: look a lot to the outside like the atlanta uh new england super yeah. Bowl. Mm-hmm. i imagine it looks a lot like that right um it's it stings just a little bit more Uh, in all of my areas Um, now so okay we've talked a little bit about what they've done or not done is there anybody your mind what do they need to do with the draft what do you want them to do with the draft I guess
3: yeah so one of the biggest curiosities that's going on with the Seahawks right now is Janavian Clowney is still not signed anywhere
0: which is blows my mind
3: former first overall pick that they got again from Bill O'Brien getting you know absolutely bent over by the NFC West (laughs) Um, I I don't know now listen he's asking for a lot of money Um, but if you're the Seahawks I I think you kind of got to pay it like they don't have a pass rush right now which is interesting to say because the Seahawks always have a good front four right Mm -hmm. that's like notoriously since Schneider got there They've always had a great pass rush. Well, they've missed in two straight years on drafting defensive ends. They had um, LJ Collier, and the year before that, I'm even forgetting his name already because he's been basically a a wreck. Yeah. um, uh, Rashawn Green, I think, USC defensive end, Uh, again, hasn't made an impact at all on the roster. So they've gone early pass rush two years in a row and it hasn't worked so I think you kind of got to pay it you got to keep Genevieve and Clowney there so that you don't have to make that a top priority in the draft Um, although you probably still do need to add to that defensive front so yeah I think it's um, I think it's in the trenches on both sides are like the two biggest priorities for that team Um, offensive line seems to just be a constant revolving door where they can't find the right fit. They've been better the last couple years, but it's still not as good as it needs to be. Um, Yeah, so I I think... That's
2: something. They've signed
3: signed like five offensive linemen, and I don't know who any of them are um, in the last month. So, clearly they're they're making it a priority and, and trying to at least get some people in there to compete, which is good, but it would be nice to get like an actual high quality draft prospect offensive lineman on that line so i i wouldn't be surprised if offensive line was the first thing that happened they're at pick uh 27 i think if i remember right so late first um
0: you don't think they're going to pull the trigger on another uh, first round running back
3: now here's <laughs> the thing okay um, fingers crossed oh okay if you all out there are listening and you don't follow me on Twitter, one, please do. Second, my pinned tweet is a video of one Mr. Jonathan Taylor running back out of Wisconsin. Um, and it's a salty video. It's, steamy. Oh, it's oh, real steamy. It's like 11 seconds that you feel like you should be paying for. It's, <laughs> it's dirty. Um, you need a wash is, afterwards. You do. And a shot. He's um, He's incredible. Uh, My love for him knows no bounds. Jake knows. I'm in a league right now with Jake. It's the worst kept secret in all of fantasy football that I have the 1.01 and I am taking Jonathan Taylor regardless of where he lands. Can I just say something for, for listeners who might be undervaluing that statement
1: right now who might be saying, oh, sure, I've had people in my league who really like their pick or their player. No, you don't. You don't have anybody like John in your league because John has said on record multiple times that he would rather have Jonathan Taylor over Saquon Barkley and CMC. That's happened. That's Woo. not a one-time occurrence. That's steamy. Dustin, if you were offered right now, <laughs> okay, say that you had the 101 in your league and somebody came at you with one of those two players. Okay, now hold on. I need to interrupt first okay.
3: because I didn't say CMC. I said okay. Saquon, but I didn't you say. You do CMC. have limits, so you do <laughs> yeah. have limits. Well, that's <laughs> because I already have CMC. On rough <laughs> so, Fair enough. Uh, Mallard, really. uh, but
0: Dustin, all right. So say that we come at you. It's just a one for one you
1: have the 101, They have Saquon. Who are you
0: taking? I would probably take Saquon. Uh, just just knowing with the given, you know, commodity of of what we've seen from him and what he's done. Um, again, we know we know his team. Um, he's right now the focus of the team. Where you know Jonathan Taylor, he seems like a can't miss prospect, uh, regardless of where he lands. But you just never know until actual draft day.
1: And that's coming from a Wisconsin Badger, John. Okay, yeah. that is coming from.
3: Oh no no, 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 I'm, man. I'm completely <laughs> in town. I know that I'm nuts. Uh, I know that I'm completely against the grain on this. But um, my big reason Seattle. Oh, my gosh. If he goes to Seattle in that run-first offense and his only competition is Chris Carson coming off injury in the last year of a seventh-round rookie contract and Rashad Penny coming off a injury who hasn't really panned out, he's going to walk in to 22 carries a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if he goes there, he's immediately, like, in the top five running backs in the league. Easily.
0: Like mm-hmm.
3: bar none wow. if he goes to Seattle. Um if he goes to other spots it might take a little bit more time. Like I think a great fit for him would be Baltimore and he'd kind of share the load with Mark Ingram, who's got one more year on the contract, but then year two, he
2: mm-hmm. goes into
3: that really, really run heavy offensive system. That would be a really great fit. Um you know, so there are other situations where I think he gets a little bit, you know, a little bit messier and he's going to have to kind of fight for his role a little bit more. But there are some teams where if he goes there, he's out from day one and can take on an insane workload. Uh, he's the most balanced in every facet of the game running back in this draft class. He's the best prospect, you know, since Saquon that's come into the league as a running back. He's, he's absurd. If he goes to Seattle, I'm buying a jersey on draft day. Like,
2: it's
3: it's going to happen. I think, you should, I think you should get one custom-made prior to the draft just to try and, them, just to yeah, try yeah, and put yeah. that positive energy out there. And then if they don't take him and he goes and tears up the league, I'll have that as like a really sad reminder that yeah. John Schneider got it wrong. It'd be great. Um, <laughs> it'd be fantastic. Yeah, well, then you turn it into jammies and you never talk about it, about it
1: again. They uh, just go to sleep Jonathan <laughs> not, Taylor that, yeah. every night dreaming of what could have been. Uh, I mean, that's that's some people's dream. Uh, was, but do you think that – so do they really need, in your opinion, a running back for sure, or could they make do with that combination? You know, they have guys there, none that are healthy ever, at the same time at least. Yeah. But can they make
3: do? I think that they're drafting a running back at some point in – i don't know if it's going to be there at the back end of the first um so many running backs in this class that they might look at that and go okay we need to get a stud offense alignment there at the first and then maybe a third round running back that can come in and compete because like i said carson's on the last year of his deal and we kind of know how like second contracts work with running backs in the nfl it's not it doesn't tend to work out very well um so they might be looking to bring in some depths and a predecessor um in this draft class now because john schneider and pete carroll love their running backs so much it wouldn't surprise me if they took a running back in the first um like it could happen if let's say jonathan taylor goes earlier in the first and deandre swift is sitting there available when they're on the clock at 27 yeah. or cam makers if they're mm-hmm. in love with cam makers um because cam makers would fit that style very very well i don't know they tend to get a little bit sugar happy with that with their running back love and they might just go oh but he's a really good running back and, and we are a run first team it's what we do even though we have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and we don't turn him loose um i could see them potentially doing it i don't think and they we've should. done successfully
1: you know Right. They've done undrafted, or not nearly undrafted, let's say, running backs who have worked very well. And it's Mm -hmm. clearly the system that works. It's not always the running back that needs to do the heavy lifting. It's kind of the system that does some of the lifting for them. Um, Mm -hmm. But it would be interesting. I I think it's one of the few landing spots left that probably where if somebody goes there, you immediately go, oh, yep, I want him. He's now Mm -hmm. at the top of my my list for a running back. I can only think of maybe two other spots. That would have that same kind of appeal right out of the gate, at least.
3: I would Justin, say- is there any other team? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say I think the entire NFC West is going to draft running backs at some point in this class. Like the entire oh, no. division. Everybody nice with player. with
1: Kenyan Drake shares just
0: threw oh, yeah. uh, up in their mouths. I say my heart broke a little bit, but that's I okay.
3: You did with I, their hearts, John. With their hearts, I lost the connection with their hearts.
0: And do you really um, think the Niners need another running back on their team? They've got like a thousand of them right now.
3: Yeah, I just I I think that they could look late. And again, I'm not talking first or second run draft picks, but there are a lot of running backs in this class and Mm -hmm. Shanahan's system um, is so running back friendly and they have a couple running backs on their team that seem to not ever stay healthy that (laughs) they could be looking to move on from. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they had Raheem Mostert, Colonel Mostert, um, do what he did throughout the playoffs and he looked absolutely fantastic, but at the same time, if you're telling me that you can upgrade the position like if you can get more from the position with a more talented running back wouldn't that be intriguing as like a fourth round pick fifth round pick something like like bringing someone in that you know can compete and provide some depth because they have so many injuries in that room every Mm -hmm. year it seems like so it wouldn't surprise me same thing the rest of the nfc west the rams just traded away todd gurley Um, And now they're down to two very unproven backs. They're going to need probably some depth. The Cardinals have Kenyon Drake and then
0: Chase Chase.
3: Edmonds. They've got Chase, Chase and Chase is fine. But, again, you're normally not going into a season with just, like, two serviceable running backs on your roster because it is such a high turnover position. There's so many injuries that happen at that position. You need depth there. I think that the entire division needs either depth or a potential starter like I think that a high-end draft pick could push for a starting gig in three of the four landing spots like mm-hmm. other than I, I think Kenyon Drake's pretty safe don't get me wrong there but the rest of the division I think that a higher draft capital running back could could step into a starter role well so let's mm-hmm. talk about the 49ers
1: but before we get right into the 49ers I am curious just from a fantasy owner's perspective, is there somebody that Seattle is your dream home for them? Like somebody, where you just go either because of their need or because you just selfishly want somebody over there.
2: there uh, anybody
1: you can th- think of, whether free agent, rookie, et cetera.
0: I, you know, if there's someone I really want to go after on on the Seahawks right now, it would be DK Metcalf. Um, He really showed out last year. I know there was a lot of questions about his ability to, you know, run more than just the nine route. And I think he really showed that he can pick up the playbook and run, you know, extensive uh, routes off the route tree. And, oh, God, he really showed out that second half of the year. And I am really disappointed that I didn't get any shares of him uh, in the rookie drafts last year.
1: And now it's too late.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You, you missed it. <laughs> it gone. It done wrong. Uh,
1: and You're never getting that opportunity again. Uh, actually, that's not true. It, it, there's a lot of waves to this thing. But right now, I just can't see a, a world where people are trading away uh, DK Mecca. I know in, uh, in my John's League, that is plainly not happening. Uh, She's the owner list. has made that, has <laughs> made that very apparent um i like i like metcalf i still have some interest in chris carson if i'm being honest mm-hmm. um, yes because i know that they could draft a running back for sure whether it's really like whatever and we know draft capital doesn't really mean a lot to them they'll play the best person carson if held at the start of the year i still think for this one year at least on a short-term loaner basis i'm interested in getting him i'm not going to pay crazy amounts to get him on my squad but If I can somehow fnag him as my rv 3 I'm very happy with that. I'm very happy with that. But from a selfish perspective for, like, where I want them to draft somebody or trade for somebody or pick up somebody, whatever, I kind of want to see Devonta Freeman there, even though he's another old, injured guy, and I know John hates that idea, but he's the <laughs> only veteran still out there without a home. He can catch a ball. He can do the things. I think would be interesting a little bit. Ah.
3: Um,
0: that sums it up perfectly. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> yeah. If that, oh, okay, if gross. That we don't, happen, don't have to talk. I just, I'll give it. I'll give it fifteen seconds. Here. I'll give it fifteen seconds. If if that happened, I don't. Even, I don't even know what to make of that because they don't. Run a committee approach. Like they have someone that totes the ball a majority of the time, all the time. That's how it goes. If you're, if they can get him on a cheap veterans minimum to be kind of a backup, spell Chris Carson guy, okay. Like maybe, but I I don't think he's signing for a veterans minimum. Um, But you wouldn't trust him to take
1: over that backfield, provided that the other guys were hurt. Let's say because he did that in atlanta he was he was the guy in atlanta um he was close to a three down back for them um fairly so the not always the goal line <laughs> yeah not always the goal line work unfortunately but yeah. I, I just think it's interesting i think with him still being a name that's out there it could be something but ugh, it's clearly not and i'm clearly an idiot it's fine we'll move
2: oh, on no, no, no. that would oh, <laughs> be such a
3: mess i i would need to digest that like i would need to sit on that for a while and go okay what does this actually bring to the table other than another injured, aging running back um, man, I don't know I'd have to think <laughs> on that fair. no, that's
1: fair, that's a fair response mm-hmm. we go to the 49ers our hearts are still broken
0: um, very much so 49ers and we don't
1: have to talk about it either <laughs> Oh. So, um, what do we do with with the 49ers and their receiving core, with their running backs? Dustin, you talked about it. Like, they have all the people. So can you what, – what do you think, Dustin, happens with them? What?
0: what you broke up there, Jake. What was that?
1: I'm sorry is there somebody anybody of the millions of names on the 49ers squad that you actually want right now
0: um i Debo Samuel is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, A great um, person that I think people have forgotten about is uh, Jalen Hurd. Uh, He was injured last year. They drafted him, I believe, in the second round. Um, So, you know, has good draft capital. Um, So I'm very interested in him to see how he comes back this year and uh, integrates into that offense. And it gives Jimmy G just another weapon to throw to.
1: I like that. And well, and, and they lost uh, Manny Sanders. Mm-hmm. There's, so oh, there's, there's more competition. There's more targets available. Um, I really, like her too. He was, yeah, he was fairly high. You know, they spent, they spent a good second day pick on him, um, and we never got to see it, and it really sucks. We talked about that um, in our rookies episode. There is a number here that we. We never got to see anything from. A lot of them tight ends, but Hurd was amongst that group. Um, I'm staying fully away from the backfield there still. I don't even care if they spend up on a running back in the draft. I'm staying away from that backfield. I don't trust it. I tried that game last year, and you you figure that, well, whoever is happy is the lead guy there at the moment, you just play that guy. But you never really know who that guy is. And it shifts so frequently. Um, throughout the season that's not worth it. So I went I but you know what I bought? I bought Jeff Wilson, and I'm going to stick with Jeff Wilson because maybe one day that guy gets an opportunity and I picked him up for nothing. Otherwise, uh, I'm just, I'm staying away for 100%. John, are you buying
3: into the backfield in
1: any capacity?
3: Uh, no, for the exact same reason that you just said. Um, it is plug and play. They're going to have five different starting running backs at any point throughout the season um uh, if yeah uh, you need someone that you can count on to have a job a role that is dependable that you know what's coming the last thing i want is to have like matt bread i always yeah brenda because of the ball (laughs) last. um sure but The last thing that I want is to have him on my team, and then I play him one week, and he gets four carries and one target, and then I'm like, okay, so apparently he's not the guy, and I bench him, and then the next week he gets 20 carries. Like, I don't know how they're going to deploy their running backs at any given point. I, I don't want a part of it. The only reason that Raheem Mostert got so much work down the stretch is that, like, everyone else was hurt or had fumbling problems, and that was basically it if they bring someone else into that backfield that doesn't have those concerns Ray Mostert is not going to hold on to a vice grip on that job they don't care about that like they don't Mm -hmm. have a label like this is our RB1 it's like no we have a stable of people that gets production out of the running back spot and that's how they go about their running back position I I don't want any part of it Um, wide receivers yeah Debo I, I like Debo a lot but Most of last year's rookie wide receivers that actually showed production and showed flashes, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, uh, you're you're not going to get those guys. Like Mm -hmm. The prices on those guys in Dynasty, because everyone values a young wide receiver so much, it is so hard to acquire one of those guys. I have tried trading for uh, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, all in our league, Jake, all in the last two days. And the price on it has been essentially like back end wide receiver one. Like it, it costs a lot.
0: Yeah, or they're just end up saying,
1: Yeah, everybody wants their rookie productive rookie receiver, every productive rookie receiver is the next Antonio Brown in his prime, every right. single one of them. So if you see them in the first year and they get a lot of production, we talk about on this all the time on this podcast about I notoriously stay away from rookie wide receivers because I don't trust them and the price in the draft is too high, typically the, the price for trading is too high, and I don't want to then uh, put a lot of faith in them but as soon as one of them hits, it is impossible to get them from somebody. It's just, it's entirely impossible. Um, So that's why, and I know (laughs) me and Dustin were watching the game, uh, the NFC Championship game with uh, the Niners and the Packers. And, yes, we were sad that the Packers were losing. But, Dustin, what were you just as sad about?
0: Oh, I was so sad that Debo Samuel kept getting the ball because he was going to be one of my uh, offseason uh, trade targets. But then in primetime, of course, he just had to blow up with big game after big game. And it just broke my heart. I was like, well, he's out of reach now in pretty much every league. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> It's true. He took himself out of the running for like legitimate trade targets. Um, how do we feel about Jimmy GQ? There is there any interest from a fantasy perspective of uh, of going
3: for him? Yeah, and, and he is attainable. That's one of the things that I would say. Um, I'd be fine. I'd be fine with with Jimmy G as my second quarterback, like in a super flex dynasty league, I'd be okay with that as a low end one. Like if I, and of course, Jake, this is completely hypothetical because no, I'm not (laughs) in this situation at all. If I happen to have a guy like perhaps Dak Prescott and I lacked depth at other positions on my team, something like a Jimmy G and a wide receiver two for Dak. would would be something that i would be looking to do as that owner and something that i think you could get done like i think that that Mm -hmm. would be a fair trade value for both parties so um i wouldn't prefer to have him as my quarterback too but i think that he'll be serviceable and i think that he's continuing to learn that system and, and can do a little bit more growing and they are definitely trying to get uh playmakers around him um Bringing in Debo, things like that. But they brought in Emmanuel Sanders for him, you know, for part of last year and then lost him. But they are actively trying to give him playmakers in that offense, which is more than you can say for some other quarterbacks like Sam Darnold, who they're mm-hmm. just letting die. So. But they have Rashad Perriman and he's gonna solve their problem. Stop it. He's <laughs> on my team, Jake. Yeah, no, I'm just trying
1: to inflate that price for you. Don't worry. Thank you. That's no, a free service. It. That's a free Thank service you. that I just provided for you. You should Didn't be grateful? That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think all that is fair. Dustin, if you had I don't know, if you had Jimmy on your team, are you are you anxiously stopping him?
0: Um Yes, um, I actually have Jimmy on on one of my teams. It's a it's a single QB league, um, so unfortunately not super flex. So the you know quarterback value is a little bit depressed, uh, especially with how deep the quarterbacks are right now, uh, with with the uh, solid starters. So I'm I'm having a hard time shopping him uh, because he is a consistent starter, but he he doesn't necessarily give you those high end. Um, quarterback one weeks, yeah. Every once in a while he'll pull one out of his ass, but that's just typically not what he does.
3: Like that New Orleans exactly. game, out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. What was that? <laughs> it's like a less sexy Ryan Tannehill, which
1: I didn't think was possible uh, amongst fantasy, but I really think he's a
0: less sexy Ryan Tannehill. So I, I did you just say both that? Of them at the same time. Did you just say Ryan Tannehill is sexier than Jimmy G?
3: Yes, I did. Yeah, oh. I did. Your, I there's your there is your title uh, for your podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> that? Tannehill, Tannehill is sexier cool? than Jimmy G. Okay, yeah, sure. I think we would
1: get at least ten listeners if we did that. So I think that's a way to to, to go there. Those those Tannehill enthusiasts out there, those uh, you know, his cousins basically would really like you. be thrilled. Yeah. Hey, I I got a massive say. Tannehill truther. I don't know if massive is right, but I do mm-hmm. think that he's. Woefully undervalued. uh, We tried. uh, We (laughs) tried. We we've we've talked about this on our quarterbacks episode. (laughs) The fact that the guy was the QB three once he took over, and yes, a lot of that was due to crazy high efficiency, um, which will come down. It will come down. Um, But I still think he has top twelve range within within him because they've kept everything the same on that offense. That's that's what you want. Um, Now, who has not kept everything the same on their offense? is the la Rams? they shaking things up
0: oof they're have they ever uh oh Gurley,
1: <laughs> 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 or just 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 nothing um but they bolstered their offensive line they signed austin Blythe, so that's something um the Reyes are basically aside from that one big move though they're the same they're staying the same um besides the Gurley effect So I actually want to – can we talk about their wide receivers first? And does anybody want a wide receiver? Dustin, if you – Dustin, pick one. Pick one wide receiver that you actually had to hang your hat on. That's actually really interesting.
3: That's actually really interesting.
0: Just one. Just one? Um, Probably Cup, although Woods is close behind him. It's really a toss-up between the two. Um, But I I would probably uh, lean towards Cup on that one
1: are you not worried about injuries at all with him the nagging lingering no possibility he's old he came into the league old. all that shit
0: Uh, nah, wide receivers they can play into their mid-30s look at larry fitzgerald yeah he's still playing yeah. no problems
1: i saw some stats today on twitter that um, cooper cup actually had more fantasy points on third down than lamar jackson did uh, <laughs> fantasy, which is absurd <laughs> it's just absurd um because he he's a, he's a safety blanket. Mm-hmm. He's Teddy um, Brandon Cooks is basically a wash if he stays there for me. I, I don't I don't want him if he stays there. I have bought him in leagues in the hopes that he gets traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, the contract could make it difficult, but I really really hope that he gets traded to a wide receiver needy team like the Eagles. Fantastic, um, or we would accept him with open arms on the Packers. I'm sure, mm-hmm. um, as we need somebody opposite. Uh, of Adams there. Mm-hmm. But I really like Woods. I love me some Bobby Woods. Uh, John knows this. He's been trying to get him from me in that same week <laughs> for like for the last money. two weeks. <laughs> yeah. um, and I probably overvalue him, but he, he's become a really consistent dude. He's like Jarvis Landry,
3: yeah. but like times three. You know, he's They're just like very consistent. Great comp between the two of them. Like they are the exact same tier, woefully undervalued, always produce they end up in that like wide receiver 15 range every year Mm -hmm. like they're just great pieces on your roster like they they're just not sexy names for whatever reason but all they do is produce yeah
1: which is crazy because
3: jarvis is such a sexy name in and of itself honestly if you just say it enough times Jarvis. Well, and he's, and here's the thing is that Jarvis Landry has this, like, amazing, outgoing personality, like, this crazy, vivacious, vibrant dude, like, you watch him down at, like, Pro Bowl weekends, and and he's just, like, having the time of his life and wearing, like, this big gold earring playing dodgeball, and, like, he's amazing, and everyone loves him, and he's got, like, his bless him slogan and everything, and he's still undervalued. it's, like, how much more self-PR does the guy have to do? To get respect. And then you have
1: Bobby Woods, who
2: I don't know that I've ever heard him talk. Like
3: complete <laughs> actual uh, spectrum.
1: A lot of people don't know this about him. He's an actual plank of wood that the I've ever <laughs> seen. And he is very good at it because he has a great sculptor. And so um the joints are all working very well, but yeah, he's Fantastic. not actually uh he's not actually that good. Um uh, so I guess the backfield is the big question that yeah Daryl Henderson? Are we in on Daryl Henderson? I don't know. Dustin, I have Daryl Henderson in a league, and people want him not. You get really tipped offers for him, and I don't know if I should move him kind of thing.
0: Oh, At at this point, since we're so close to the draft, I would hold on to him and wait and see what the Rams actually do because they could be taking a running back early, um, seeing as that's one of the few holes that they actually have on their team
1: do they? That's my question. Is is it a real hole, or do they think that Daryl Henderson, in the limited bits that they got to see from him last year, do they think that he can he can be enough? Or maybe Malcolm Brown? Uh, they, they You know, they didn't want to get rid of Malcolm Brown last year.
0: No, but, but Daryl Henderson had his opportunities last year. Granted, there wasn't a ton of them, but he did get opportunity, and he didn't really do a whole lot with them. He didn't show a ton of explosiveness or any of those big plays that we thought we would get from him. So do they think that he's the guy? I don't know.
3: Here's the thing I with the Rams. The, the Rams have pigeonholed themselves into a corner by giving that massive contract to Goff. Like they, that and trading away first round picks, they have backed themselves into a corner. Um, I think their first pick is somewhere around 50th overall, if I remember right, like 56 or something like that. Like that's their first pick in this draft because they sent a first for Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. So they're not in great shape. Two years ago, Sean McVay can do no wrong. If he shook your hand, you got a head coaching job. Um, Like they were the bell of the ball two years ago. Everything was clicking because they had a healthy Todd Gurley. Who was the engine for that offense? He was everything. All that Goff had to do was look downfield. If it wasn't there, check it off to Gurley, and Gurley would run for 20 yards like every single time. Or get a play action pass for 30 yards because everybody knew ask- that he was going to off. Right. He was the motor that made that thing run. Um, two years ago, they're in the Super Bowl. This year, they're probably going to finish fourth in the NFC West like that's how Hot take. fast the changes like they have just they blew everything up by overinflated contracts and sending away firsts and man i don't know what Les need is doing um so they're in this situation where they have jared Goff tied in their wide receivers are all going to be back they've got two good young tight ends um that they want to utilize i I think because they have golf and because they're in the situation they're in they kind of have to retool and try to go all in like every year like they're kind of in that situation Mm -hmm. where it's like we have to shoot the shot like we can't not we we can't tank with a you know uh what's he getting like 32 mil a year Nope, it's way just too,
1: too much. much it's just it, it's a stupid absurd amount it was just it was just an absurd yeah. amount when they initially offered it to him it looks less absurd through the lens of other quarterbacks supposedly that's what people tell me at least that it's supposed to look less absurd i still think it looks just as
3: absurd as the day they shine it out. does because all that he's doing is continuing to show inconsistency and in bad decision making like he had so many should have been interceptions that got dropped last year it was <laughs> absurd like he should have been on Jameis Winston levels in terms of the picks. Like Jameis looked at me and was him. He's like, buddy, you gotta fix your shit. Like,
1: and that's not where you wanna be. That's one hundred percent but okay, so golf for fantasy purposes, do we I I still maintain that if they can do anything at all about the offensive line, and it's like they're they're trying right now, they're trying something to make I'm it work. There, they have
3: like thirty-seven-year-old Andrew Whitworth as their <laughs> left tackle.
1: <laughs> but it, if they can even uh, muster, you know, a bump up in PFF's rankings, you know, maybe six, seven spots, I think that Jared Goff is still a good fantasy quarterback. I really do think that. I don't know—is is that
3: absurd of me to so say? So here's here's what's interesting is that um shameless self plug over on red shirts fantasy football podcast um we just did a quarterback breakdown this last week where we all had our top 12 rankings um matthew betts and matt okada the other two co-hosts um they had golf right around 10 um and i had golf at 17 so i was the outlier like i was the one where they're like so let's talk about this <laughs> hey, yourself and <laughs> i had to kind of defend myself. Um, it's a good listen you'll listen to it but his inconsistency is bad decision making and now that he doesn't have todd Gurley to be his baby blanket um i'm really concerned that they're going to be like okay it's your offense now it is not Gurley's offense it's your offense we expect you to do it all um i don't know that he can without having a really really solid running game so i'm very hesitant on golf right now if they do go all in and spend like their one decent pick on like the third or fourth running back off the board, like uh Cam Akers, you know, uh Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um like if they do something like that, okay, that's interesting. They're basically trying to give him that same level of security to keep that engine running. Uh I hadn't even thought about Clyde Edwards Alair to the Rams until right now. And that would be really interesting what if it's Zach moss what if they draft somebody like oh you know that's a bait and you know it. i hate <laughs> Zach
2: moss. um
1: but you bet. but you bet. Uh, <laughs> okay I, uh, let me I let, let me Zach ask moss. i want to do an either or here because i'm very curious about what the actual value is on jared okay. off right now um so i want to i'm i want to pick both of your brains about and this is a hypothetical <laughs> That's not really a hypothetical because I've thought about going after Goff in, in some leagues. Um, Dustin, I want to know, especially for you, because I feel like I know exactly the quarterback that Jared Goff kind of resembles in your head. Uh, but I want to, I want to know if I, if I'm even close on this. Um, so, if you had to pick don't, one or don't the other. In. Don't one, me. <laughs> I'll get to you. I will get to you. But a straight just a straight up one for one uh remove draft cost or, or trade costs, all of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Jared Goff or Josh Allen?
0: Ooh, oh, Josh point. Allen.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Um Jared Goff or Matt Ryan?
0: Matt Ryan. This is gonna be his bounce back year.
1: Jared Goff. No, Matt Ryan's bounce back. Yeah, it's his bounce oh, back yeah, here. Right. Oh, that's right. Oh, because it is the every other. <laughs> that's right. On the pendulum, and it's yep. back upward. Okay, one more that I really uh, gotta know here: Jared Goff, Matt Stafford.
0: Uh, uh, um, I'd probably take Stafford. Be honest, he was. Uh, it's, on...
3: it's Stafford by like five or six months, right? uh, Yeah, he
0: was on uh, fire last year before he got injured. Man, he was just lighting it was... up.
3: He was paced for, like, 5,000 yards and 34 mm-hmm. touchdowns. Yeah. and then we decided back. he was, like, the QB 6
1: or 7 before he got injured last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, it was right around there. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is uh, wild. Um, so I, I think I might be the highest of all of us on Jared Goff right now. I have him as a fringe top 12 guy, um, and I think it's because he has so many other safety blankets still there, namely Bobby Woods and Cooper Cuff. Uh And, again, if the O-line gets any sort of – Positive shift. I'm am o- okay because I don't think it'll get much worse, um, for whatever that's worth. But
3: all right, let's talk. Uh, can I can so I interject I- with some some either ors? Of course. Yeah. I want to give I want to give Dustin like three. Um, Jared Goff or Gardner Minshew.
0: Um, give me Goff. I like his weapons better. Thank
3: God, thank God. <laughs> um, Jared Goff or Daniel Jones?
0: Oof, um, that's a lot closer. I would probably still go Goff in that situation. It oh,
1: just me that it took you so long to answer that
0: question. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I liked what I saw from uh, from Jones last year. So, yeah. yeah that that one's all. That one was tough.
3: Uh, let me think of one more um let's go john you have to have them loaded up you interjected (laughs) with this man you well you put this on you you i did on you this is all on me let's go let's go jared goff and
0: tom brady oh that one's a good one Oh, God, I don't like this one. That's when you know it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it's probably um, pretty split. Yeah. Ooh, I'd, I'd probably go Goff um, only because I feel like he has a higher upside than Brady. Um, just Brady going into a whole new offensive scheme, uh, hasn't played with these guys. That That would kind of be the tipping point for me there
1: i'm a only listening to you guys then jared goff is going in like round 19 of redraft leagues next year uh so i guess i'll
3: take him there uh and that is apparently his current value here's the thing if you're doing a one quarterback redraft league this next year jared goff is a screaming value mm-hmm. like i would absolutely go zero running back or zero quarterback and um and wait until 10th plus round and then try to get golf because you'll get him there. I, I mean, he'll be in that value. Um, and' are going kickers. League. People are going to start taking kickers <laughs> in your league before they take Jared Goff, apparently. <laughs> First and foremost, if you're playing leagues with kickers, stop it. Stop it. Some people don't the have giver. the ability to stop it. They're, they're indebted, as we
1: are, in our home league. That's right. We, talk about here. we have a commissioner. I love him. Ryan, if you're
3: listening to this, I do love you. But dear God, we cannot get a rule change in that <laughs> league. Send, no, <laughs> s- send him to my Twitter. Have him talk to me. And we're going to talk about the, the makeup of his league. It'll only cost Justin, him, like, Justin, one bottle I don't of James
1: even. James. I don't even know if Brian has Twitter. I don't think he has Brian, Twitter, no. I don't believe that Brian has Twitter. Uh, i think this. That, I think that Facebook was uh, like a new avenue for him this past year. I'm pretty confident. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about Cardinals though. Um, I, oh man! Nothing against the Seahawks. I mean, a little against the Seahawks, but I think the Cardinals have the most exciting uh, team to t- actually talk about mm-hmm. during all this. So we save the best Boy. for last. Um, they a most active. They win that award in the uh, free agency just by the one trade. Uh, David Johnson gone, DeAndre Hopkins in. So <laughs> it's a lot to talk about and it's a lot to digest. But I think first and foremost, then we talk about Kyler, Dustin. Yeah. We talked on our on our QB episode, and I revisited that episode by the way, Dustin. I think I need to go higher on on Murray than I was in that episode. Oh really? Where were, then, Where were you? Then I just said then he could get into the top five. I said he could sneak into the top five. We were kind of wishy-washy on it. I think a top, or I was at least. I think a top five is is fully in his grasp. We said like, don't expect him to be number one. You know, it's not going to be the Lamar Jackson thing. Kind of think he could be. I, he could be that guy. Am I crazy, Dustin? Like, I, he could be that guy. No.
0: It could happen. Um, I probably won't expect it to be, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities.
1: I want it. I do want, and I have zero shares uh, so of cool. Kyler Murray, by the way. I really, I, I need to put that out there so people don't think that I'm just trying to hype him up because I right. got him on my teams. Right. I don't got him on my teams, and I still really, really want him because it's just he didn't need Mitch Johnson. Clearly, that's not a focal point at all, but you bring in, he still has Larry. He still has all of that young wide receiving core that was brought Christian in. Christian Kirk. Yes. Uh, I still like Keyshawn Johnson. I'm, I'm the only person, and that's fine. Uh, but he, even Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella, all these guys are still there. Yeah, they've got like three guys that are going to jockey for their fourth wide receiver spot.
2: Mm-hmm. If they can
1: even a mediocre tight end, it's basically look at, uh, because then the world is their oyster. So I think Kyler Murray, for me, honest to God, is becoming a locked top three for right now in redraft, which means I'll never have him in redraft, because I won't spend up for him, but... I I really think he is. Okay. Kyler Murray versus a couple of names. I'm going to do this because I've been waiting to do this and I'm very excited about it. Okay. Kyler Murray, and this is for both of you. um, So, both, don't left it, uh, John. (laughs) Both of you, Kyler Murray or, say it, Deshaun
3: Watson. Can
0: I go first? Oh, by all means. You're the guest.
3: Uh, Kyler,
0: by far. Yeah, I would go Kyler as well. I wouldn't say by far, but definitely, yeah.
1: The shift, obviously, DeAndre, Mm -hmm. from Deshaun over to Kyler probably is the swing for that. Okay. It is. Deshaun. This is going to be tough, but—or excuse me, not Deshaun. Kyler or
3: Russell Wilson? Okay, so— you would do this to me um i did i did it nfc west seattle homer through and through have like i have two russell wilson jerseys hanging in my closet um this is kyler and i'll tell you why and here's here's the reason um if russell wilson played in a system that cut him loose he, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes would be in their own tier above everybody else mm-hmm. they would have their own penthouse suite where they get together and talk about all the linebackers that they juked out of their socks <laughs> um and it would be so much fun but He's I want to not... snipe in. oh I would uh, I would die if I got to talk to those three men in a room at the same time and ask them questions that would I'd be like alright I'm done here I'm out um <laughs> Russell we put it is out not to the world the system. on this
1: podcast. And I, I don't know if you know this, but we're very listenable. And so I'm sure that Russell has heard this,
3: and I'm sure that um, all the other folks have, have heard this. So don't worry about that. Yeah, no, that would be fantastic. Uh, Russell, I love you. Um, please at me and talk to me about football and things. Um, Russell Wilson is not in that system that allows him to reach his potential from a fantasy standpoint. Mm-hmm. He does a great job winning games in that system he has proven year after year after year that he can rise above the system that he plays in shows incredible efficiency incredible touchdown efficiency all of those things yes they're giving him more weapons with dk metcalf um maybe and and here's the thing we've talked about this over on red shirts maybe this is the year finally maybe possibly hopefully that they are putting the offense in Russell Wilson's hands because they have DK Metcalf coming into a second year because they just brought in a burner, take the top off wide receiver in Philip Dorsett. Uh, They brought in Greg Olson. Like they've given him more weapons in the last 12 months than they kind of ever have. So I'm hopeful, like maybe they're going to actually open this offense up instead of just go run, run, Run and then Wilson scramble for your life and figure out a way to get a first down. Right, um, so I'm so I'm hopeful. But here's the thing about Kyler Murray: Kyler Murray was quarterback eight in his rookie season. We didn't even get to see him scratch the surface of mm-hmm. his ability, both running the ball and passing. Uh-huh. He's a much better rusher, um, I think, than his numbers showed. I mean, this is a guy where he should give you. 500 rushing yards a year in his sleep like he's not gonna because he's not in a system to run it like lamar does he's not gonna run for a thousand yards but he should be second in quarterback rushing yards behind lamar jackson this next year i would expect that to happen above
1: josh allen you're saying uh, give me kyler's rushing numbers
3: above josh allen yes that's that's what i'm saying and you bring a top 3 you can argue number 1 wide receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins in terms of a talent standpoint and you pair him with this second year breakout candidate already quarterback in like Cliff Kingsbury wants to run the four wide there's still a chance that they draft CD Lamb like <laughs> that could s- still happen where you have DeAndre Hopkins on one side CD Lamb on the other Larry Fitzgerald in the slot and insert wide receiver of choice, probably Christian Kirk as the fourth guy.
0: Oh, that's that would be gross. Happen.
3: It would be disgusting. <laughs> it would be
1: vile. It would it's be like, so gross for fantasy purposes because, A, as everybody who has DeAndre Hopkins can attest, you already... You, Look, I have him in a couple of leagues and I'm already a little bummed because he was the only game in town And I love yeah. that because His yeah, Will Fuller was a game in town for three games And then you didn't have to deal with him for the rest of the year and then it was all DeAndre Hopkins well, right. Now he's one of I mean, he's still the most elite of that group for sure uh, yeah. but um, I don't know Is this a Ooh, here's a question Is this a buy low opportunity for DeAndre Hopkins off of this? Dustin, would you buy him currently if if you had the
0: opportunity? I think this is probably the cheapest you've been able to get him for the last you know four yes. or five years. No. Ever since he had his one his one quote unquote down season, he had. Um, how big a discount you're going to get? I think it depends on your league. It probably not too much because he still is elite in every sense of the word.
1: Uh, He is. It's just it sucks because you wanted elite with volume. Right. Like Michael Thomas is elite as well and he gets the volume as well. I have concerns about him now that he has competition but the thing is those two things always work together and now you're taking one of them away potentially. We don't know I guess uh, what Larry's going to look like this year. Maybe this is the year Larry finally hits the ceiling although I would never bet against that. By any- like honestly I st- I still think and you guys can tell me if I'm stupid. Um I mean say it nice but you can tell me if I'm stupid but Larry Fitzgerald is still uh, somebody who I would be like hey if I can get him as my wide receiver for I want Larry. Like I that's still me. I still want that even at yeah uh, 30,000 years old.
3: I want Larry on my team if I no, can get him Larry, in that
2: mm-hmm.
3: Larry you just You bank on him producing until you see that he doesn't I'm never gonna sell early on Larry Fitzgerald like He's proven me wrong too many times. Like I thought that he was gonna fall off in like 2013. It's been seven years like it's It's he's proven me wrong time and time again. And at this point, it's just like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna trust that you're gonna produce until you actually don't or you know what i'm probably just going to keep you on my roster if i have you until you retire like that's yeah. mm-hmm. how that's gonna go if i will keep on my roster team. until he actually dies until
1: he legitimately dies at like 99 <laughs> right? years old uh yeah. i just because because i think it's good mojo for my team uh, uh so I adrian, agree. me doesn't have talked so many times about adrian peterson in this exact it's like you stop you just stop betting against him
3: or, or maybe Frank Gore. I don't know. But you stop betting against the guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you do. Um, so going back to that offense in Arizona and what that does for Kyler. Kyler was the quarterback eight where he didn't reach his rushing potential and now has a true alpha dog outside wide receiver. His touchdown production is going to go up. His yardage is going to go up. His rushing yards are going to go up. Consensus on Red Shirts' fantasy football pod between the three of us, he's our consensus dynasty quarterback three. He is a stud. He's going to be a nightmare for my Seahawks for 15 years. Um, it it absolutely Good. pisses me off. You know what? Good. <laughs> you would you would say that? But here's the thing: I'm actually I'm I'm thrilled because I currently live in Arizona, so I get to see Seahawks at Arizona once per year. Um, I'm curious what those ticket prices are going to look like this year with a second-year Kyler Murray and with DeAndre Hopkins in town. Mm-hmm. Those prices are going to be going up. Um, Kyler Murray basically is, from a lot of people's
1: perspective, he is kind of the second coming of Russell Wilson.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, Yeah. But like you said, he's in a better system. I said that so. this year. I said that um, he, this last week on our podcast. I said he is a faster Russell Wilson in a better system. So take that for what you want in terms of your valuation on it. But he's a faster Russell Wilson and a better system for a quarterback. So, yeah. He's I love me wild. some Russ, but he is not in yeah, that a position like like what Murray is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Dustin, Kenyon
1: Drake. Give me everything that you have on Kenyon Drake. and I need to know from my own perspective because I, I think about trading for him like once every other
3: day. You should
0: Yes, he he is the guy for this year for sure. I mean, they've made that clear. They've made the investment in him with the uh, transition tag. So so they're going to ride with him for this year. If they sign him to a long term deal after this, I I like it. Um, But if if they don't show that investment, um, at least for this year, you're going to get, you know, at least low NRB one production out of him.
1: I guess it's tough for any running back for you to look forward thinking to say they're going to get a follow-up contract because just running backs don't get paid no more. (laughs) It sucks. Um,
0: But every time he's had the opportunity, he has shown that he can handle the job and he produces. He's just never been given that job on a full-time basis, and I think the Cardinals are going to do that for him this year and and hand him the reins. And, again, in that offense, woof.
1: No worries, officially about Chase Edmonds. No, just
0: he—he's a, he's a solid backup. Good
1: in those couple of games that he got. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was kind. of you know, putting it that way. <laughs> that was the nicest way you could have said, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> no, he's a solid backup. No, you're—you're you're really good when you don't play that much. Nope, you're, you're—you're incredible when you're. <laughs> um, I like Drake a lot especially for this year, like you said, where would yep. you draft him in redraft? If he slips to round, let's say round
3: five. Yep. you Oh, absolutely. For sure?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I'd probably,
3: I'd probably take him in round four. I, I, I think that redraft round four would be good. Depending on, I mean, if there's a run at the position in front of him, I, I would feel comfortable taking him at the, Back of round three probably um i I mean i think that he's pretty much a lock for flirting with that back end of rb1 value like like dustin said like if he finishes rb10 through 14 um i wouldn't be surprised in the least so if you can get him as your second running back at the back of the third round early fourth i would I would take that. If he falls around five and you're able to get, you know, you know, you just click, like there's literally no hesitation. You smash that draft pick if he
1: falls I think you do it five. with two fingers too. I think you do it with both hands, two fingers. You commit to it and you yep. you select that guy. Okay, so uh, let's say redraft for both of you. You have to pick one or the other for running backs because I really waver on some – I feel like this year is up harder than ever to pinpoint what running backs are going to do, partially because of, like, holdout concerns and all that shit and contract debates. But for redraft, keep it pure. Kenny Drake, Leonard Fournette.
0: Go ahead, John.
3: Oh, man. Um, wow. You know what's funny? It's taking too long. What's Justin. funny, what's funny. What's funny <laughs> is that earlier today, I was supposed to update my running back rankings for Redshirt, and I haven't done it yet. So that would have been really helpful for this conversation. I would <laughs> take. oh damn it. I'd take Drake.
0: Yeah, that was my inclination as well.
1: Uh, that's a bummer. I do really like Fournette. For, again, short term, I think I would put Fournette above Drake for just this year, Uh, I don't know. I guess they both have a lot of issues going beyond that. But, okay, Drake or Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt there. We all know what his splits are. Uh, We talked about that a fair amount on this podcast during the backs episode. Um, Chubber or
3: Drake, redraft.
0: I would take Chubb.
3: I would, too. I I still think that Chubb has the higher upside of the two.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, So I would go there. I I am concerned about um, Kareem Hunt being there. Like, I I am really concerned about that, and especially with the new head coach in in town, Stefanski. Um, He runs a 12 personnel, which means you have one running back and two tight ends on the field a majority of the time, which I think is why they went out and they got Austin Hooper because that's the personnel grouping that he really likes to run. So if you look at what um, the Vikings did in their offense, it was Dalvin Cook, it was Irv Smith Jr. and Kyle Rudolph, and then out wide you had Thielen and Dix. That was their personnel grouping a large majority of the time. If that's what Cleveland wants to do and have both uh Hooper and um Njoku on the field at the same time and then have Jarvis Landry and OBJ on the outside, you can only get one art running back on the field at a time. That's not conducive when you have two guys to feed. So I don't know if he's gonna change his scheme and philosophy that's a pretty big ask for a coach to do to be like no i'm just gonna scrap it all and come up with an entire new scheme and philosophy based on my personnel grouping that's pretty tough to do um especially this off season where everything might be shortened or canceled Mm -hmm. because of everything we got going on with coronavirus um he's probably gonna run with that personnel grouping which means you're gonna have chubb and kareem hunt really battling for for looks you're not this isn't going to be an offense where you have like chubb in the backfield and kareem hunt lined up in the slot and the defense doesn't know what's coming that's just not what stefanski does so i am concerned about that but i think i think chubb is still the guy like that's gonna have a majority of the looks i think his upside is the highest of of the two but that is close for me that's really close for me between
1: like I have a good
3: question. Probably ten to twelve. That's mm-hmm. what you're saying. You're, you just told me that I it's have a good question. question. <laughs> Jake, it was a fantastic question. I really appreciate
1: everything. New ringtone. Boom. New <laughs> ringtone. I'm sorry, I actually cut it off. That kind of ruined it. Have to get in there. And say that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, anything that we want to talk about with the, the teams that we haven't already said? Any thoughts that we need to get off about the NFC West?
3: Seahawks are winning the division.
2: Uh, I hate you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, if we're, pick, I mean, if we're picking a
1: winner as of right now, truly, I would say Cardinals. What say you, Dustin? Um,
0: I would probably lean Seahawks, but it's probably going to be a race to the end. Uh, I don't think one of the teams is going to yeah. run away with the, this division by any stretch of the imagination.
3: Well, no, I mean, it came down to the final pass of the regular season between San Francisco and Seattle. Seattle was going in for a touchdown that would have given them the one seed in the NFC, but instead the tight end was half a yard short of the goal line. They mismanaged the clock in San Francisco one, and then they were the five seed going on the road on wildcard weekend. So it was a race all year long and now you have the cardinals that are Mm going to start creeping up into that conversation with what they can do on offense i still have my questions about their defense which i think is going to be their biggest focus throughout the draft um their defense concerns me Uh, san francisco obviously has the best defense in the division um if they go out and they spend an early draft pick on a wide receiver like there have been people that have talked about them taking like a jalen rager that would be terrifying like that would be so scary for san francisco but this is the year with the new cba that we have an expanded playoff pool this Mm -hmm. coming year you're going to have an extra team from each conference get in and only the one seed is getting the bye there is a real real chance i think that three teams from the nfc west could end up in the playoffs and it's not going to be the Rams yeah i was gonna say i think we're all in agreement Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely (laughs) it could happen
2: although Mm -hmm. i
1: think the 49ers fans are probably going to come at us pretty hard um, because none of us picked them to to win and they were already very salty that everybody doubted them this previous year um but at least it like me and Dustin 21. have an excuse because they beat the Packers. That's right. We would never say that. We would just flat out never say that. Well, um, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I would <laughs> never flat out say that. Ooh, we're all safe. Okay, fine. We're all safe. Nobody has to worry about this. All right. Um, well, I think we summarized the NFC West about as good as anybody has uh, ever. So I think that we, we kind of crushed the synopsis here. Mm-hmm. Synopsis. God damn it one of these days i'm going to <laughs> learn words it's not going to be today it's not going to be today uh john thank you for coming on uh talking you talked as a homer for a bit but i will say you kept a pretty level head during all of this and and are willing to acknowledge some faults of your team and also yep. where
3: other teams might have yet so i think you good you know i just uh i just gotta say i'm a consummate professional um i keep a level head at all times uh never never would i ever have any bias towards my seattle um (laughs) but no real real talk this is going to be a really fascinating uh division this year seahawks have their own faults san francisco has their own faults arizona has their own faults la has a lot of faults um But this is gonna be a really interesting division to watch this year. I think any of three teams could potentially win that division.
0: hmm Absolutely.
3: Agreed. All right. Well, take us out, Dustin.
0: Yeah, so John, before uh we sign off here, is there any last plugs you want to put in here to everyone out there?
3: Yeah, I would just say again, um Redshirts Fantasy Football Podcast um on Twitter at Redshirts oh shoot, what's the tag? uh search for oh, your no. podcast uh on twitter uh find us there i'm at dynasty beard um you know we're going to be doing a lot of content uh, a lot of rookie profiles at every position um for this uh rookie class over the next three weeks as they're coming in we're going to be doing some short youtube uh video breakdowns of basically the top like 40 rookies so it should cover your rookie drafts in dynasty um, so yeah, feel free to hit me up on Twitter and and come follow along with us over there. But again, thank you guys so much for having me. This was uh, this was awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks for being on. Uh we really appreciate it. Um you can find our podcast at drinking fantasy on Twitter, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. You
1: can find me at Jake Troveridge, because that's my name.
0: And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football.
1: Cheers FFers.